Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This message is being brought to you by Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Live from One East Jackson, Chicago, Illinois, my name is Noah Festenstein, your host of Money Matter Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Let's get it going today. It is the 146th edition of Money Matter Sports Talk, all the way from Harper College Radio, right here at RadioDePaulSports.com. All righty. It's just another week of radio. Gotta love it, right? Thank you to all who uh, tuned in to me on Thursday night, this past Thursday night, as every Thursday night from 11 to 12 with Noah, Noah at night. It was a lot of fun, played some EDM music, talked uh, about what's going on with me during this quarter, and I also was able to turn in some homework during the show. It was amazing. It was fantastic. Very fun. Every Thursday night from 11 to 12, Noah at night, but uh, you, you just can never forget about this one. It's Monday Man Sports Talk every Monday from 11 to 12. That's the time I'm on till today. 12 o'clock right here on the streamways of RadioDePaulSports.com. Download the Radio DePaul app. You get both streams. You can hear me on both streams. Every Monday on the Radio DePaul Sports stream, and then every Thursday night on the Radio DePaul stream. Just download the Radio DePaul app if you really like listening to my voice on the radio. That's just what I recommend. So, all right, I got a lot planned for sports talk today. Um, A lot has happened this past week, and a lot of, uh, I would say, bad stuff for the Cubs have happened this week, and I'm going to start off with that for about 15, 20 minutes, depending on how emotional I get, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we'll see how, how that goes. And then we're going to get into some Bears. Da Bears are playing tonight against the Washington Redskins. Mon- Washington Redskins. Monday Night Football in Washington. That's uh, tonight, I believe, at around 7. So I want to talk about that as well. Then I got the Whip segment. You know what time it is. Oh, yes, I am so excited. I'm going to start that one off with some fantasy football, and the, my fantasy competitors this week uh, are going to be in for a show today because uh, you will be shouted out, so pay attention to that. And then I'm also going to get into some hockey because it's preseason, and then maybe some basketball as well, probably get five minutes combined on both, and then uh, also get into some maybe DePaul stuff as well. Um, and then I'm going to conclude the show as mostly with some UFC. You got uh, a fight night on Saturday, a very disappointing main card that it was on Saturday night. Uh, a 15-second no contest was between Yair Rodriguez and uh, Jeremy Stevens. So I want to talk about that later on. I'm going to take you guys to a break when I come back. Got some baseball to get get through and an, a whole hour of sports talk. So I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Noah Festin, your host of Mighty Man Sports Talk. I'll be back in about a minute. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I'd like kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Alrighty, welcome back to Monday Madness Sports Talk. It is your host, Noah Festenstein, taking you on until about 12 o'clock today. I want to start us off with the Cubs discussion with Joe Madden's reaction to yesterday's loss post-game press conference. Take a listen. Nice. Uh, really proud of the guys where we came back at the end. Had a chance to win it, Nico. Another good at-bat in that situation. Turns out to be an out. Um, they hit a home run. Uh, actually, um, Kimball strikes out two out of three, and the one guy just hits, you know, puts it in a bad spot, and it's a homer. But uh, overall, love the fight. Uh, Kyle wasn't, you know, maybe as sharp as he can be, but 
the bullpen picked him up, I thought, nicely, too, to get to that point. And then again, there was no quit within the group. Some good at-bats at the end. How did the whole Rizzo thing come about? Uh, when after I left here, that's when I found out about it. Um, uh, I had I, I was not being disingenuous. I did not know, and so when so I certainly wanted to play the first part of what he said. He wasn't asked the question initially. Usually, what Joe Madden does for his post game press conferences is give his really initial reaction to what just happened, you know, throughout the game. Because obviously, as a manager, you kind of have to take perspective into the, your own hands and say what the response was. And what Joe Madden tends to do, especially with losses like this, is I mean, you just got swept at home by. St. Louis Cardinals, and I said last week this is probably the most essential series of the year, and you get swept. The Cubs get swept. So I'm going to get that to that point, back to that point in a second, but uh, I want to talk about Joe Madden here uh, and his response to the game. And he's every a lot of the times when he a loss like this happens, he's very, very optimistic. Like you know, he he looks back at the great stuff that's happened and kind of glorifies, you know, what what you know, went down during the game, and he was talking about Kimbrell, who has had a couple blown saves of late, not going to lie, another ninth inning lead squandered, and it's just disappointing. It's just, Joe Madden is is trying to make it sound like it's not on him. Personally, there's got to be something from a managerial standpoint that's got to be a fault, because Joe Madden... Did, he, he's he, I've said it a lot of times is that he 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 mixes his lineup so many times. The amount of weapons that the Cubs have should be playoff worthy. It is playoff worthy, but they had just haven't shown it this season to be playoff worthy. And what Joe Man does with his lineups is just he he mixes them up so much that you really don't know what the perfect lineup looks like with this type of team. And obviously with all these injuries of late, has been screwing a lot of things up. And I'll give Joe Madden the benefit of the doubt there. It's very hard to adjust when a lot of your good players, such as Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell, and just those guys getting injured, it, it just doesn't help. And obviously Joe Madden, a couple games ago when um, the Cubs were in a position, if they were, they were a, a runner on first and they were down a run and Chris Bryant was on first and Joe Madden, instead of uh, David Bodie, who has come up big in these situations before, doesn't bat David Bodie, but yet puts in an injured Baez to strike out um, on four pitchers nonetheless. Uh, It's just those decisions that I just have to question our manager. Like, don't put an injured guy when you still have a guy that has already proven reliability in David Bodie. He was already... Those kinds of decisions you have to look at from a critical standpoint, especially when you're talking about a manager who during the offseason has his contract finished and you don't know whether or not you want to re-sign this guy. Um, at least, you know, when I when I think about Joe Madden in the offseason and whether or not he's going to be re-signed with the Cubs, uh, it's very bleak because I've already said it. If the Cubs don't make the playoffs, which it doesn't seem like they are right now, being four games out of the wild card with six games left, that, you know, that's just not acceptable. The most pinnacle point of the season, two seasons in a row, mind you, the Cubs squander in the most important times, especially, especially with a 40-man roster. Let me let me make this point clear. You have a 40-man roster in September. Yes, a lot of weapons, but Joe Madden has proven the past two, maybe three years for that matter, that those weapons cannot be used properly. And that's the manager's job. That's their responsibility. That's Joe Madden's responsibility to take care of these guys. When you have a 40-man roster, that's what's, you know, you got to organize these guys best you can. And I'm very happy that within this 40-man roster that we've seen with the Chicago Cubs this past September, you've seen guys like Rowan Wick, uh, a relief pitcher, step up. Nico Horner has been stepping up. Uh, Garcia, um, I forgot what his first name was, but, um, you know, the speed on the base pass, everything. You know, you got weapons left and right. Joe Madden doesn't seem like he knows how to use him. He feels like it just seems like he's too spoiled in a way where he's just not using him properly. So I really think that if the Cubs do end up parting ways with Joe Madden this offseason, um, and I, I'd rather get into this type of conversation more in depth when I know that the Cubs are most certainly not in the playoffs because I, I think the big notion is, I mean, the Cubs can't win the division. They're already they're already out of the division race. The only two teams that can win the division now are that of the Cardinals and Brewers. But now the Cubs, you know, only hope is to play in the wild card game. Um, but I will admit, there's there's a couple. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight the possibilities in a second. But in order for the Cubs to make the playoffs, but um, 
to finish off my point on Joe Madden is if you're going to have to resign a manager over the offseason, there's got to be that someone that you know that at least Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer know up in the front office that there's another guy out there, <coughs> Joe Girardi, um, that that can do this job and that can, you know, organize these players better than I think any that at least has experience doing that at the big league level, <coughs> Joe Girardi. Um, but let me let me let me say something. Um, I really you, you cannot ignore what Joe Madden has done. Five all five seasons that Joe Madden has been a part of the Chicago Cubs organization, all winning seasons. That hasn't happened in a very long time. So I'm not saying that parting way with Joe Madden is an insult to him, but we're heading into a very interesting modern era of baseball that managers need to adjust, and managers might have to sit aside and study that. So we'll see. Okay, so the Cubs and their playoff chances right now. Um, you good for you all, Cubs fans? For all you White Sox fans, it's been zero percent since basically the 25th game of the season. Sorry to say. So we're done with that conversation, but we'll talk about the Cubs here. The Cubs, um, you know, the amount of chances they've had, the amount of close games that they've really should have won came out that could have really played played dividends at the end of the season just did not go well with them. And there's a reason why they're behind this much is because of those inconsistencies. Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. Never cease to surprise Seven games out of the division eliminated. Uh, four games behind the second place holder, which is three games behind that of the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. Uh, their elimination number is now four. So it's between now Milwaukee and St. Louis for the division. And in the National League Wilds card, there's four teams left that are in the mix. Two is the elimination number for Arizona. Three is the elimination number for Philadelphia. Four is the elimination number for New York. And then Chicago as elimination number of four as well. Um, and they have six games left. That's it. And then the two teams up top, the good news is, is Washington and Milwaukee are tied atop the, the wild card, which means there's two possibilities for the Cubs to squeak in to a wild card spot, pending if the Washington Nationals and the Milwaukee Brewers lose. Uh, the Washington Nationals, their rest of the season looks like um, a home series against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Nationals lost yesterday to the Marlins 5-3. Thank goodness. Thank you, Marlins, for that one. At least you're, they were useful for something this season. Um, <laughs> the Phillies Nationals square up at Nationals Park for a four-game set. And then five games, actually. Wow. Five games. That starts today. I think it's a makeup game. So oh, Nationals got, and that's good news. Nationals got seven games left. So they have a lot of chances to lose, which means that the Cubs elimination number cannot be moved down mathematically, even if the Milwaukee Brewers win and then uh, Nationals lost. So we're not, I, I personally think it's more likely the Nationals are going to lose than the Brewers because, first of all, good news for the Nationals, however, they got a. Another home series, three-game home set against the Na- the Indians at home, which is a great team to lose against. <laughs> I'm just hoping for a Washington Nationals lose. That's uh, from a Cubs bias standpoint. Um, and then from another bias standpoint, of course, I'm going to look at the rest of the Milwaukee Brewers schedule to make sure that uh, they have some sort of difficulty to have to come by. But they're more... They're they're much they've been playing much better of late and they only have six games left in the season. Um, actually, the Nationals had eight. I said seven. The Nationals have eight games of the season, so I just want to correct that before I move on. But um, the Brewers have a three game set on the road against the Reds, and then they go to Colorado f- to finish off the season against the Rockies uh, for a three game set on that. So the Cubs can win. That's I mean. That's really the focus right now. That's the Cubs can't do anything with 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 their their opponents rest of the season schedule if they don't win. So now the Cubs go to Pittsburgh for three games, and obviously last time the Cubs did very well against the Pittsburgh Pirates, scoring forty seven combined runs at home, the most amount of runs scored in uh since nineteen eighty four in a three game set, and then 
even proving my point even further. How do you do that and then all, all of a sudden get swept? You lose two out of the three against the Reds, and the Cubs are now on a six-game losing streak. Yep. That's the story right now. It literally is the story right now. The Cubs and Pirates, yet again, they face off at uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Three games starting tomorrow. They have a day off today, so obviously they have time to think and uh, really, really have to uh, kind of <clears throat> like punch themselves in the face and get themselves back on track. Um, the Cubs and Cardinals then face off to finish off the season, so a tough series to uh, finish off the regular season. Alrighty, and yesterday was the Cubs' last game at home. Um, and I think the last game two days ago was the last game uh, on WGN Sports, which is very historic. That is the end of an era. Want to shout that out? Um, and yeah, so the Cubs are—they're vying, man. They really are. They—they they, they really just need to produce, and they—they uh, they need to end the uh, the the season strong. Now, obviously, I, I gotta say they gotta they gotta win 100% left of the game. <laughs> Six out of six. Let's go. Um, but the, by the next time you hear my voice, the season's going to be ending, and we're into playoffs. And the National League wildcard game's next Tuesday, so I'll have a chance to talk about the playoffs. But we'll do MLB playoffs more in depth once that time comes. This could very well be the last time I'm talking about the Cubs this season until I talk about what their offseason plans could be and, of course, the continuation of what Joe Madden's situation is going to look like and whether or not he's going to be still on the club in 2020. Um... Garrett Pressey, the uh, or organist for the Chicago Cubs, just ended his... He hasn't missed a game in, like, what, 33 years? And now he just retired, so I just wanted to applaud him. Uh, my first members of going to Wrigley has been accompanied by Pressey and his organist skills, so I cannot uh, go by this radio station without giving him a shout-out and the amount of hard work that he's done uh, in his career. I hope he has a fantastic retirement. Watch the draft. So the Wrigley Field organist who plays the music in between sets, in between pitches, whatnot, um, has retired. I'm sure that's older news, of course, but obviously since yesterday was his last game, I want to give him a shout-out for that one. All right, uh, let's go through the uh, MLB standings and just, you know, obviously just give a quick run-through before I go into football. Um, obviously, in the American League, we have seen um, two teams clinch. I think the same thing applies in the National League. Two teams have clinched. Four teams total have clinched the division, and that is the New York Yankees, Houston Astros, Atlanta Braves, and Los Angeles Dodgers in their respective divisions. Uh, and then you got the Central Division. The Minnesota Twins are four games in front of the Cleveland Indians, who's got an elimination number of three. And so the Cleveland Indians are going to be playing hard. And uh, I think the Cubs' best hope, if the Cubs are going to make the playoffs, is that the Washington Nationals continue to lose. Um, that is utmost, imp utmost important. For the Nationals to lose, and they could easily go on a very cold streak. So that's the biggest possibility for the Cubs um, for that to happen. And I wonder if the Cubs do make the playoffs and do make it to the National League Division Series. Is Presti going to be back doing organist? I'm not sure, but that'll be interesting to see if that what happens there. Um, okay, so with the that's the American League Central, the Twins up in front four games, and then the uh, National League Central. Of course, I've mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers are still in it. Four games are the elimination number. St. Louis Cardinals are three games in front with an 89-67 and 67 record. Okay, and then we we'll might as well finish off with the American League wild card. The Oakland Athletics are in front uh, by two games. So the, we're probably going to see a wild card game in Oakland against either the Cleveland Indians or Tampa Bay Rays. But that's, of course, so the Cleveland Indians really, really, really need to be playing well. So, very important series for the Cleveland Indians um, in Washington. Interleague matchup that has American League uh, playoff uh, possibilities on the line. Playoff spots on the line. So, that's insane. 11-20. Perfect. Wow. Great baseball segment. Very happy that uh, I was able to go through 20 minutes of that. All righty. Thank you guys for sticking around for baseball. I got some football coming up. Uh, I'm going to give you guys uh, about a couple minutes to take a breather from... So the sports talk segment, and we'll be coming in with some football. Uh, got tonight. Dun 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 dun. The Chicago Bears are facing off against the Washington Redskins. We'll see some preview 
previewing of that when I come back. This is Noah Festency with Money Man Sports Talk right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And it's football! Radio to Paul Sports. No, I'm fascinating with you. Money Mass Sports Talk. And it's madness tonight on a Monday. It's Monday Night Football between the Chicago Bears and Washington Redskins. I don't get this opportunity very often because um, Bears, the Bears don't play many Monday Night games. So I'm very excited. Playing that Monday Night Football theme on the hotkeys here in the radio station. Glad we got that one going. Once again, my name is Noah Festenstein, and you are listening to Monday Mana Sports Talk right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. On until 12 o'clock, uh, I just went through my baseball segment, got about a few minutes on football. Uh, so about tonight, and about, of course, other games that happened yesterday, I'll get to that after some Bears here. Um, the Washington Redskins are 0-2 going into this game, and they are also ranking 30th in the NFL in total and scoring defense, which means they've given up the most amount of runs. Uh, they were they they had a 17-0 lead in the first week against Philadelphia, and they lost that lead to lose 32 to 27, and then they lost 31 to 21 in Dallas in Week Two. So that that's 63 combined points. That's 30th in the NFL, and when I say that is this is a great opportunity for the Bears offense to really, really go off. Like, you, uh, 19 combined points for the first two games for the Bears doesn't rank very highly in the offensive ranks for the NFL, but uh, I'll, I'll get that stat, actually. I'm going to go to football reference for that one. But before I uh, say that stat, I will say that, I mean, yes, tonight is a fantastic um, chance for the Bears to really kickstart their offense. Their offense has been lacking of late. And Mitch Trubisky uh, will definitely have his weapons. So will I in my fantasy scores, which I'll get to at 11.30. Um, but really, I'm really, really focused on how the Bears can maybe take advantage of the poor-performing Redskins defense. Um, 
you know, obviously last week, Eddie Pinero hitting that 53-yard game-winning field goal. That momentum has got to shift, help shift. And it's also got to help that, you know, that type of momentum has also got to say, hey, we don't really want to be put into a situation where we have to kick a field goal at the last second. That should not happen. Um, also, Eddie Pinero got injured, I think, just minorly. Not, not too, not, nothing too bad, but uh, bad enough to contemplate whether or not he's going to be playing tonight. Uh, so, with that being said, the Bears cannot be put into a situation where they have to kick that field goal to win the game. And also, uh, you know, the Bears are to be expected to be a Super Bowl contending team. They cannot poor, poorly perform against this poor performing defense of the Washington Redskins. They need to attack. And of course, the Bears defense has been doing fantastic of late uh, so far, of course. So you're looking also for the Bears defense to shut them down and utilize that momentum uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and that's just the utmost important factor in this game today is taking advantage of that. Um, let's see what other games are going on. Well, I mean, of course, tonight will be the last game of week three, being the Monday night game. Uh, yesterday, we saw a lot of good games. I think the most notably, um, it was the... Uh, what game was it that was really, really good? I mean, uh, it was the Saints and Seahawks that was really good yesterday. And also, the Monday night game between the Browns and Rams was really good. I was watching that. Um, so, we'll see. But, let's go through them. Uh, the Titans and Jaguars met up yesterday. 20-7, to the Jaguars won. Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins met up. Cowboys manhandled the Dolphins 31-6. to The Bills had a good game yesterday. That was a good game yesterday, too. The Bills were able to pull one off at home against the Cincinnati Bengals 21-17. And the Lions, talk about the Lions. What a start they've had this season. They won against the Eagles yesterday, 27-24. So I'm I'm focused on what these Lions are up to. Um, The Patriots, 30-14. This Antonio Brown situation is absolutely insane. Um... Let me let me make my quick statement on this. Of course, what Antonio, Antonio Brown said in on his tweet saying that he might not be playing in the NFL because of these owners. What the hell, man? I literally said, what the F? Like, I literally screamed that. Like, when I read that, I was like, are you serious? Like, why? It's, look at yourself, man. Sorry. I, 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 that's madness. If I was having a mad, that's madness segment, literally Antonio Brown would be a segment in that's madness. That's how bad the situation is. And Antonio Brown could have been making $30 million this year and said probably 150000 only because of the one game he played. He also played a game for Oakland, I think. So um, it's just a ridiculous situation with that. Patriots won 30-14 against the Jets yesterday. Fantastic start for the Patriots. They're a very scary team this year. Julian Edelman got injured yesterday a little bit, so they're focused on that injury. Very, very important for Edelman to be healthy uh, come the more important times of the year, you may say. Uh, the Colts and Falcons it was also a 27-24 victory, but that was for the home team this time, and that was the Colts finishing them off in Indianapolis was the Falcons. The Minnesota Vikings, 34-14 against the Raiders. The Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens, two great, great matchups for quarterbacks. Of course, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jackson, wow, with the best, best running quarterback I've seen in a very long time. That 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 guy and what he did yesterday, he had like a an eight an eight yard run into into the end zone and was just deking out defenders. Man, it was really impressive. I, I I'm just like a quarterback willing to do that. That's just a type of quarterback you'd want on your team. Um, the Broncos went into Lambeau Field yesterday and took a loss against the Packers. Packers winning 27 to 16 in that one. Um, the Panthers and Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, faced off yesterday. Um, the Panthers winning 38 to 20 on the road in that one. The New York Giants and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, face off yesterday, and the story in that one was Daniel Jones going 23 for 36 in catching an attempt, but the, really the big number was 336 yards for Daniel Jones, two touchdowns. And Eli Manning, now the backup quarterback for the New York Giants, uh, definitely has to focus in on how the heck did Daniel Jones do this. Um, I, I think that um, Daniel Jones took a lot of influence, though, from Eli Manning. Of course, Payne Manning, you got the Mannings, so um, some great influences there. But a 32-31 victory for the New York Giants yesterday. 
All right, moving on to that Saints-Seahawks game I already mentioned, 33-27, to the Saints won. Um, and then we went to the Los Angeles Chargers where they lost against the Houston Texans. A very cool, mat, very interesting matchup there. The J.J. Watt, I don't, I don't know what his brother's name, I forgot his name. J.J. Watt faced it off against his brother who plays for the L.A. Chargers for the first time in their lives. That was pretty cool. I always love those storylines. I always imagine me facing off against my own twin brother. Shout out to you, Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, we always have that competitive nature between us, so I couldn't even imagine us playing on a professional field like that. I always love those stories. So um, moving on to the next game, it's the 49ers and Steelers. 24-20 was the score in that one. The 49ers pulling off a victory at home. The Browns and Rams faced off on Sunday Night Football yesterday. 20-13 to was the final for the Rams. Uh, the Browns had a chance in the end zone, literally on like the two-yard line, and Baker Mayfield could not complete uh, a pass into the end zone. So the Browns lost in that one by a score of 20-13. And, of course, tonight at 7-15, starting Central Standard Time, the Redskins will be at home against the Bears. Bears should need, need to take advantage of that poor Redskins defense. Okay, let's go back to a break. That was our football segment here for Monday Mass Sports Talk. It is about 11.30, which means I shall remind you, you are listening to Monday Mass Sports Talk right here on the streamwaves of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Download the Radio DePaul app right on your smartphone, Android, iOS. Today, you got everything you need from Radio DePaul right in your pocket. And then, of course, RadioDePaulSports.com is the stream here to listen to us. We're going to take you to a break. When I come back, I got some whip segment. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. You should be too. Be back in about a couple. Stay tuned. Shaquille O'Neal for rap. This is not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving? makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Ooh, you got some pie, eh? Can I have a piece? Uh, sure. Ooh, let me have some of that Cool Whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. You mean Cool Whip? Yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? What are you talking about? I'm just saying it. Cool Whip. You put Cool Whip on pie. Pie tastes better with Cool Whip. Say Whip. Whip. Now say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're eating hair! It is time for the Whip segment right here on Monday Mass Sports Talk, right here on RadioDePaulSports.com and the Radio DePaul app. 
All right, this is one of my favorite segments. It's where I compact 10 minutes starting right now. Actually, you know what? I'll start the timer in just a second. But when I start the timer, I got 10 minutes to talk about three or four topics that I really, really want to get to. First, I want to talk about fantasy football. Then I want to talk about some hockey a little bit, kind of preview a little bit of the season, maybe some basketball, and of course some DePaul sports, maybe while I'm at it. And then I'll continue with some UFC to conclude the show. But the 10 minutes start right now. Let's do it. Okay, so fantasy football, obviously considering football talk, mine as well. I'm in three leagues, but uh, the most important league that I'm in is when with some good friends from my good old childhood that I play fantasy football with. I think I played with them for like three years, if I'm correct. But that's okay. I'm sharing a team with one of my good friends, Ben. Thank you, Ben, for, uh, you know, being a good teammate, finally. Uh, But we got our matchup this week uh, against good old Alex P. You know who you are. Um... So, I mean, I don't know how to get this started, but, um, you know, I, I obviously like to uh, just say, ha the only t- the only thing he's got left this week is the Chicago Bears defense who are playing tonight, and then I got Tariq Cohen and Allen Robinson, and I'm already in the lead, 72 to 71 in fantasy points against my good friend Alex. Alex, I'm sorry, man, but um, really, yes, and when I win, I'm going to say it's, it was a gutsy week for me because... You know, both of us might be scoring sub-100, but really, man, 75 points? I expected better from you, Alex. I thought you were going to win this season, to be quite honest with you. I was scared of you, but now you should be scared of me. Really. Whew. I wish I wish you luck for the rest of the season, buddy. But, um, oh yeah, and tough luck with your uh, Carson, who uh, gave up a fumble yesterday, and 3.6 points for your running back. I bet you my running back and Tariq Cohen will do much better than that tonight in uh, the game against the Redskins, whose defense is ranked 30th in the league. So, uh, sorry, buddy. Sorry, Alex. Better luck next time in week 12. Week 12, maybe you'll be calling in and smack-talking me in response. All right. Um, who? So, I'm that. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Let me. I'll, I'll talk about my opponent who I'm facing next week, and if I'm losing, I'm still going to trash-talk you. You know who you are. Um, but the uh, Radio DePaul Sports Fantasy page, um, I'm facing David. I think that's the show at 1. I haven't met him, but I think the guy who's on the radio here at 1, I'm facing here this week. I forgot. But um, I'm losing that one on it. Uh, not good. And my team na- name is Noah is Hungry with a cheeseburger as a logo. I I was really hungry when I was making the name, also during the draft, too. So... I guess the name was fitting, and also I had a cheeseburger too during the draft, so it is very fitting that uh, the cheeseburger's logo. So um, I'm losing that one, 92 to 85. Both teams that I had that I just mentioned, I have um, Patrick Mahomes is my starting quarterback. Saquon Barkley is my starting running back. Yesterday he got injured. He's got a sprained ankle, so I am not happy about that. I'm sure that a lot of people who had the number one draft pick this season isn't happy about that either. Um... But David, David, RB crew, who I'm facing this week, um, you know what? You outdid me. You know, you really did. You know, Matt Stafford, even though he sucked this week for Detroit and pulled off still a victory. Um, you know, your running back, uh, Johnson, really, really performed well. But uh, David Montgomery against Adrian Peterson uh, will uh, be facing off tonight um, in the running back position. And in lieu of that... I want to play you guys some audio of... Okay, so this is so anti, uh, um, anti-Bears anti right now. I don't usually do this, but um, this was in Adrian Peterson's rookie season when he scored three rushing touchdowns against the Bears. So needless to remind you, this is what Adrian Peterson has the capability of doing. Peterson breaks one oh. tackle, changes direction, and here is Peterson driving to the end zone, and Tillman is blocked, and Peterson... Gets in for the score. He passed Charles Tillman and uh, Brian Erlocker on that run. So th- those are two possible Hall of Famers he just passed. Did it again in the second one. This is him as a rookie. And he's playing tonight against the Chicago Bears defense, which he hasn't done ever since he was playing for the Minnesota Vikings. This is his third rush right here. Yeah, so that was the audio from Edger and Peterson's 224-yard um, and three-touchdown performance as a rookie. Um, 
And that was, thir- that was 13 years ago, so uh, good throwback there for Adrian Peterson. So that's some fantasy talk there. So he's the only guy who's in my lineup tonight. But, of course, I want the Bears' defense to perform, which makes me, which makes it for a very interesting situation in my game against good old Alex P. You still suck, Alex. But I'm still going to say that your Chicago Bears' defense really could come up clutch if the offense can't perform, which is... Definitely not in the plan book for Matt Nagy today in tonight's game against the Redskins. Um, so, yeah. Um, the third league I'm in is only a four-person league, and everyone's getting like an average of 150 points because they got every like everyone got good players in the draft. I have a recommendation for future draft. I'm going to conclude this for my fantasy. Future recommendation for future um, fantasy football. We should start a league. I'm going to start a league at least to have a fantasy football team that has you, you, you draft a fantasy football team that only has players that are not in the top 200 of rankings. So it basically after 200 players, you don't know who's going to perform best. It rankings are kind of irrelevant at that point. So why not have a draft where it's just based off of skill and not just say, Hey, I'm just going to pick the best player, um, which would be an interesting kind of season. I, I would, I would admire that. Um, okay. So let's get to our next topic. All right, whipping us into the next topic, just like how I whipped Alex Petrus today in fantasy football. Um, Whoops, I apologize about that. I don't know where that came from. The computer. Yes, it did. Anyways, moving on. Um, So we're going to talk some hockey here. Uh, I want to get into some Blackhawks because kind of previewing the season. Uh, the best signing that the Blackhawks made this past offseason, if you know me as a good hockey fan, was by far Andrew Shaw. Hands down. And he was, he's was he been playing um, as an assistant captain this preseason thus far. Might as well delve into what the Blackhawks have been up to um, this preseason. I know they started off with a couple losses. Excuse me very much. But um, they got a couple more preseason games left before they start the season off on October 4th, on Friday, October 4th, in Philadelphia against the Flyers. Um, they've already had four preseason games, and the Blackhawks only have, although they've won two of them. So they're 2-2 two and two so far in preseason. Uh, they won against the Red Wings 2-1 to one at home on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and then this past Saturday. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to get the hiccups. Uh-oh. Hopefully that doesn't matter. Um, Happened during UFC, um, but the Blackhawks finished off the Bruins in preseason three to two. Really, really looking forward to the Blackhawks um, season. I really, you know what? I, I you might not hear any professional sports commentator say this, but maybe delve deep into the notion of hey, this could be a good season for the Blackhawks. You ready? You know, this is the um, Jeremy Colleton's first full season as a Blackhawks head coach. He's a young coach who's playing with young guys, and these guys got better. He got a good, healthy mix of veterans and young players that these veterans that have won Stanley Cups to the likings of Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taze can really, really, really amp up the youth of what the Chicago Blackhawks have. Um, you know, with the last couple of years you have left with those guys that I just mentioned, um, it's very important for them to play great influence for the players that are about to, you know start an NHL career, especially, hopefully, a successful one with the Chicago Blackhawks. So I think that's a very, very good point to kind of like thinking about before the season starts. And I'm really optimistic about this Blackhawks season. And, you know, being here now, living in Chicago, I hope to go to a couple games. So hit me up if you guys want to go to a game. Next next one, let's do it. Whipping me into the next topic will be uh, DePaul Sports. I'm going to talk about DePaul Sports because I'm in heavy anticipation of the DePaul uh, basketball season about to start. Um, I think if I'm correct, DePaul has a game coming up, actually for DePaul basketball. Um, I was engineering a game on Sunday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday it was, um, that was men's soccer against, uh, Villanova. It was a 0-0 tie, 110 minutes. Shout out to Carlos Rodriguez of Radio DePaul Sports. He has done three straight games, one of them being with me on call for a game for women's soccer, but all three games that he called went to a full 110 minutes. That's 330 total minutes that he was doing live play-by-play. So I want to commend 
Rated Paul Sports' very own Carlos Rodriguez for a great, great job on the call. Even Bella Michaels on the call for Friday. You want to shout him out for that. Uh, anticipate some more uh, live game calls from me moving on uh, this season because uh, I, I plan to do some more soccer and even some basketball for that matter. So pay attention to that. Um, I'll give you guys my social media information as the, when the show concludes so you guys can follow me up on that. Um, and I got 15 minutes left of it. So the schedule to start for men's basketball here at DePaul, they got an exhibition matchup on Tuesday, October 29th. So that's the end of October. Uh, and that's against Marion, and that's Wisconsin, and that's at Wintrust. Uh, and then their first actual game will be at, against Alcorn State. I have never heard... I thought it said Acorn State. I would have laughed on air if that said Acorn State. Uh, but it's Alcorn State. Um, I don't know where that ha- that is, um, but, well, I-, I don't know. And then the, that's on November 5th. And then November 6th, also at the Trust Arena, the night after will be against Chicago. And then, um, yep. So a lot of cool matchups for the DePaul Blue Demons basketball this season. They're playing teams like Northwestern, Cleveland State, uh, Buffalo, Texas Tech. A Final Four team from last year playing at Wintrust Arena. That's a game I'm definitely going to. 100%. I'm definitely going to want to see that Texas Tech game. Um, I'm surprised that the Demons are we're going to be playing Texas Tech. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, and then also got Cornell. And then Iowa, too. Iowa. Cornell will be against, at Wintrust. A lot of good games at Wintrust this season. My goodness. I'm, re- I'm really excited for this Paul basketball season to start. Alrighty, um, that'll be that for the whip segment. I'll probably save basketball for uh, next week or maybe the week after. Sometime soon, I'll get delved deep into basketball, but I really feel like nothing's going on that much other than LeBron James Taco Tuesdays. Um, but that's that for the whip segment. Yay! And we are going to go into UFC after this break. You are listening to Monday Man of Sports Talk right here with Noah Festus. Got a brief UFC segment coming up. So stick, stick around. Got a minute. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Hey, it's Dibs. Your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon. Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to fall, and one. Oh, Max Drews brings down the house. Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball. And welcome back to Monday Manit Sports Talk, right here, RadioDePaulSports.com, and the Radio DePaul app, right here for about another 10 minutes with some UFC. We'll finish off Monday Manit Sports Talk today. And reeling me into this next segment, which I would look forward to on Thursday night with Noah at night, is Keep It Mellow, featuring Omar Lynx and Marshmallow. Alrighty. UFC time, shall we? I, uh, about Saturday night, I mentioned already at the beginning of the show, was a very disappointing night in terms of, you know, anticipating a main event that just didn't really happen. Um... It was a main event between Yair Rodriguez, Mexico's very own, against Jeremy Stevens. Fantastic matchup. Yair Rodriguez coming off a big win against the Korean Zombie, having that 
full five-round fight in a main event, which was a fight night a while back, and just did not uh, go well with uh, <laughs> the Korean zombie as he was given a very fierce elbow to the face. Um, and Yair Rodriguez is coming in with the same type of mentality, same type of aggressiveness, and he looked like it when for the first 15 seconds of the fight, Yair Rodriguez was bouncing around very well. He looked very loose until Jeremy Stevens was poked in the eye accidentally. What in the world? <laughs> That's what I said. I wasn't watching the main event. I wasn't watching the event at all, and I kind of thank myself for not watching it, even though... If this was like a main event, like I really anticipate myself, I'd be definitely more emotional about this on the show. I'd probably even have a 20-minute segment about this on my show if that was the case. Let's say if it was a Nate Diaz versus Ori Masvidal fight and that happened, um, that I'd be very, very disappointed because that that fight at UFC 244 between uh, um, uh, Ori Masvidal and Nate Diaz is going to be an insane fight. That, like That type of fight is beyond a main event championship fight for me. Um, and I'll talk about UFC 244 when the time comes, because I think that's going to be one of the best cards in the year, if not all time, for UFC. Um, but let's talk about UFC t- Fight Night 159, um, which was on Saturday night. Like I said, Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens did not go really more than 15 seconds. Jeremy Stevens, after the fight, was poked in the eye, and he could not open the eye at all. And uh, he was quoted by saying that the pressure and the amount of pressure that he felt on his eye was pressure that he has felt, unlike any type of pressure he's felt in his entire life, was so extremely uncomfortable. So I don't blame him, obviously, for not being able to continue. But um, fans started throwing down water bottles, empty bottles, whatever they could. Obviously, they were about to leave, so mine as well. I mean, I wouldn't do it personally. That's not the type of fan I am. But um, fans just started throwing all their garbage onto the octagon. They had to vacate. It, It just wasn't a pretty scene. Um, because they, people wanted to see the main event, and that's what they came here for, and that's just the unfortunate nature of fighting. That can happen. That Those are possibilities, you know, and that's why eye, porks, eye pokes are very, very, very uh, illegal. And uh, Yair Rodriguez's eye poke was not intentional, therefore uh, the judges just scored it as a no contest. If it was intentional, Jeremy Stevens would have won the match um, because eye pokes are very, very, very illegal. Um but my personal, I, watching the highlights from this fight night event, uh, my personal highlight was this one right here, and I'm going to play the audio of it. Uh, it was a women's strawweight co-main event between Alexa Grasso and Carla Esparza, two great fighters in 11-3-0 and and with Alexa Grasso against the 15-6-0 Carla Esparza. Esparza was put into an armbar lock, which is an extremely, extremely painful lock. Uh, your, your arm is basically put... Literally, it's like putting yourself on a stretching machine and your body's being stretched out on that stretching machine. Esperanza was put in this position for 10 seconds, and this was the announcer's reaction to such. Take a listen. And here it is. This is really close. Wow, trying this to isolate that arm and pull back on it. Oh, my word. Man, here we go. She's oh, it does not fall wow. My word, that's incredible. Look at that. Holy smokes. No way. That was... Um, Michael Bisping um, with the background commentary there. Michael Bisping's one of Michael Bisping's uh, for, uh, now current UFC uh, Hall of Famer. Um, one of the best commentators, I think. He's just so fun to listen to. I love Michael Bisping. I don't know about him. But anyways, that lock that um, Grasso had on Esperanza was basically her only hope of winning that fight because if Carl Esperanza didn't get out of that lock, she would have lost that match. And Carl Esperanza did not tap. One bit. And Carla Esparza said during a post-fight interview um, that, uh, yeah, she hasn't felt pain like that. And But when the fighter mentality kicks in, you want to keep going. You got to keep fighting. And literally, Esparza was in that lock for seven seconds. And you can tell with the commentator's reaction there that it was just extremely, extremely impressive. And she was able to get out of that lock. Grasso slipped out. She slipped out of it. And... I just think that was the moment of the night right there was just I, I was looking for that one moment in a you just any UFC fight um, for like, you know, you know that that tight that lock is tight. Like if you're doing a rear naked choke or triangle choke or, of course, that armbar lock, um, that's just going to like you put that you put yourself in a fighter in that position and like it's game over, man. And uh, whenever you see a fighter get out of that position, when you feel like it's game over, it's just insane because you just think that the fight's over, but when it's not. 
Um, and of course, that, I think that you know was the highlight of the night was in that co-main event. So uh, shout out to Carlo Esperanza, Esperanza, Esperanza. I've been saying Esperanza this entire time. It's 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 Esparza. So if those UFC fans listening to me are confused by my Esperanza, it's Esparza, Carlo Esparza, uh, and then Alexa Grasso is the f- names for that one. Um, that was Fight Night 159. Um, next week, we got a good fight this upcoming Saturday night. It is Jack Hermanson and Jared Canonier in the middle, middleweight main event. That is at the Royal Arena in Sydney? Oh, I know. Copenhagen, Denmark. No, no, no. I was very confused as to where that was. Makes sense because... Uh, Romanson, he's Swedish, if I'm correct. I don't know out of the two is uh, Danish, but um, you also have a couple other great fights, too, in this bout. Gunnar Nelson at Walterweight is fighting a a UFC veteran here against Gilbert Burns, so a good fight there. Anytime that I see Gunnar Nelson fight, uh, I I look forward to it. Um, And then another good fight um, that I, I like, another fighter that I like, his name is Alex Oliveira. He's basically known to me as the break dancer of the UFC. He comes into every fight just dancing, dancing away. Um, like that's his intro every single time. Uh, I talked about the boxing intro of Tyson Fury last week in the last week's show and how um, cool his intros are. And I really appreciate good intros if a fighter has one. So I, I just laugh at him sometimes. That fight, Alexis Oliveira, that's the first fight of the main card. Uh, that's at 1 o'clock, too. That's an early fight day, so I might be up during the day to watch that. It's against Nicholas Dalby. So good fights there. Very look, very much looking forward to that. All right. Next week um, will be the week of UFC 243. So that's Saturday, October 5th. That is Whitaker versus Adesanya. And the lightweight co-main will be Alakinta versus Dan Hooker. And then the heavyweight co-co-main will be Ty Tuvasa versus Sergey Spivak. That the, the I say this a lot about some UFC pay-per-view events, but some UFC two pay-per-view events don't look like pay-per-view events. And this type of event right here it doesn't seem like it. Seems like the type of event I just go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it for, which I've done for a lot of UFC pay-per-view events, so I don't have to pay. I'm really paying for the food, um, which is if you are uh, a fan of UFC and don't want to pay for the fight, pay for the food, go to B-Dubs. They have the fights up there. Um, one fight that I'm really, 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 really looking forward to, and I don't think I've anticipated a women's fight in a very long time to this nature, maybe since Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm faced off, but Joanna versus Michelle Watterson on October 12th. Uh, if anyone doesn't know me as a UFC fan, um, Michelle Watterson's my favorite women's fighter, I think, out of all the weight classes. And she's not even, a, I mean, she's like ranked seventh right now in the women's strawweight class. But her, this fight against Joanna, and she can win this fight, uh, will be a uh, quite the upset. And uh, I'm hoping for a Michelle Watterson win. That's just me. Um, but that's that. That that Those are the most recent uh, upcoming events for UFC. Um just to look forward to and heavy anticipation as always for UFC man. You know, the reason why I've said this before, this is my last point before I conclude the show, um, that UFC is literally my favorite, uh, one of my favorite sports for this specific reason. It doesn't have an off season. UFC always is going on, you know, it's year round. You always anticipate something great happening. There's no off season signings. Like, you know, obviously, yes, I admire the off season news and the off season drama, but UFC doesn't have that. They just have, you know, you know, hey, you get a contract. Now you're fighting. You get this many fights, different weight classes, different events. Um, I'm also invested in the professional fighting league, the PFL. Uh, they have this interesting system where um, they in, they have a playoff system where fighters, once they get into the playoffs, it'd be quarterfinal, semifinal, then final. But you, if you win in the quarterfinal, you have to fight that same night against the other fighter who fought the same night that you fought in the semifinals. So if you win, you have to fight again on the same night, which I I think is absolutely bonkers. I, I and in MMA you fight twice in a night. I just, let's say you get beat up so much in your first match and your first match will definitely pay vi- dividends into your second match. I just think that's an interesting system. Um so yeah, that's the show today. That is the 146th episode of Monday Man Sports Like I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and we, I'm looking forward to another great show next week for 147. Getting close to 150. I might have to do something special for that one. 
Who knows? We'll see. But for now, we're going to have to break until next week. But I will be back on the air this week on the Radio DePaul stream. That is for Noah at Night. That is on Thursday night from 11 to 12 on the Radio DePaul stream. So if you like listening to me, I really, 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 please just, just download the Radio DePaul app on your iOS device or Android device. You have both streams. So on Thursday night, you can go to the Radio DePaul stream from 11 to 12. And of course, on Mondays from 11 to 12 for Monday Mass Sports Talk, you can easily plug in the sports stream and be able to listen to me whenever you please. And of course, you got Monday Mass Sports Talk on podcasts. Um, so after the show, will be posted up on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts. It's through the feed of Anchor FM um, and a lot of other pa- podcasting platforms that you may have. Just search up Monday Madness Sports Talk. But for now, I shall leave you guys to it. This has been the 147th episode of Monday Mass Sports Talk. I hope you guys enjoyed. See you guys next week for another session. This has been Noah Festestein signing out. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.